Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... I'm E.G. Marshall. The more we know, the philosophers say, the less certain we become. You can see how this principle applies to many people. In reverse, the less they know, the more certain they grow. Civilization is based on knowledge, but in many cases what we perceive as knowledge is only a dangerous illusion. Mr. Simmons, why did you kill your wife and your best friend? That should be obvious even to a psychiatrist. They were having an affair. Why not just get a divorce? I had no choice. Besides, I'd already killed them once before. You had killed them once before? Oh, when? When? Oh, I'd say about 2,900 years ago. mystery drama, The Thracian Lovers, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Marion Seldes and Michael Tolan. I'll be back shortly with Act One. In the old days, when people wished to learn their fate, they told their dreams to a lady who was called the Priestess of Apollo. And at this point, you might exclaim, how little things have really changed. These days, we tell our dreams to a lady or a gentleman called a psychiatrist. At any rate, let us go back in time, almost 3,000 years, to a small Greek city called Delphi, the site of the sacred oracle. Approach the shrine. Who speaks? I, the priestess of Apollo. I cannot see you. It is enough that you hear my voice. The voice of the god Apollo, which speaks through me. You are... Eurybus, king of Thrace. A king <laughs> in Thrace. Say more truly chief of a ragged band of miserable cattle thieves. I am troubled, priestess. It is man's fate to be troubled. It is man's hope to find solace from the gods. And what troubles you, bandit chief and self king of the Thracians. The legend. Which legend? It is said that someday the wife of a Thracian king shall be false to him with his best friend. The morality of Thrace being what it is, it may well be true. And further, the child that will be born of this adulterous union will bring fire and destruction to the entire world. Yes? That priestess is the legend. And what is there that the god can tell you? I have a wife, Andromache. I have a friend, Leonidas. I suspect... You have proof. I've had them watched closely. And? Nothing. But I have dreams. Dreams. And in my dreams, they betray me, dishonor me. What is worse, they mock me. In your dreams. And so I have come to ask, 
Have these dreams been sent to me by the gods as a warning? All dreams are sent by the gods. We will consult with Phoebus Apollo, the source of all light, with Apollo, the font of all wisdom and craft. Leave us now and return tomorrow for his answer. Who stands without? To see the high priest of the temple. I, the high priestess of Apollo. Approach, my daughter. Has the priestly council studied the requests, Excellency? Yes. Let us tell him that the wife and the friend are indeed betraying him. Is it true? Does it matter? He is a mean-looking, grasping man, capable, I think, of cruelty to women. She would be a fool not to pay him out. Then why should we allow him to punish her? There are important political considerations, priestess. Leonidas, the other man, comes from a powerful family in Macedon. They will seek to avenge his death. There will be a war. Why do we wish to provoke a war between the Thracians and the Macedonians? To save the rest of Greece. All the cities, Sparta, Thebes, Athens have sent armies against Troy. Once again, a woman's work. Had this foolish Spartan queen, Helen, not run off with that shameless Trojan Paris... Isn't he even more to blame? In any event, every soldier in Greece is now fighting before the walls of Troy, leaving our own country undefended. Those brigand mountaineers from Thrace and Macedonia are beginning to eye it greedily. No, we must keep them squabbling among themselves. Then Eurobus must consider himself betrayed. That will be the message from Apollo. Therefore, he will kill Leonidas. And there will be war between Thrace and Macedonia, but peace throughout the rest of the peninsula. And what shall be considered a suitable gift for him to make to Apollo. My spies tell me he has brought with him two talents of silver for the journey. How much shall we ask for? Half. He will squeal like a stuck pig. Will he dare to refuse Apollo? We are devoting far too much time to what is actually an unimportant matter. We have far more weightier issues at hand. <laughs> Return, priestess, even as you have ordered. Approach the shrine. I am ready for the judgment of Apollo. Do you stand before his priestess empty-handed? No, I, uh... I have come prepared to make a little gift. A little gift? One that I deem suitable to the occasion. The only gift that is suitable to this occasion is one full talent of silver. A talent? Well, in all Thrace there isn't so much as a talent of silver... I, I swear it. Do you swear falsely in the temple of Apollo? But a talent, it's, it's half the weight of a man. A small man. Your men will place it at the altar. But this is the price for the judgment of Apollo. Do you dare to deny him his reward? Do you? Uh, no, no. Then the matter is settled. Yes. The price will reduce me to poverty, but the matter is settled. Now may I hear the judgment of Apollo. Slowly, king, slowly. The god is paid, but what of his priestess? 
This priestess. Who lives in poverty. Who depends on the kindness of the devout people like yourself. But I have already been strict of... That pretty little clasp that adorns your tunic. But this was a gift from... Such a tiny little thing and yet so finely wrought. Perhaps the Thracians are the greatest stealers of gold. But who can deny they are also the most skillful of craftsmen? But priestess, this... Oh, yes, two lovers entwined in an embrace. How artfully made. I shall accept your gift. But I... The Thracian lovers. What a perfect little thing. Really, priestess? Yes? Nothing. Place the clasp on the shrine. And now, kneel. Raise your arms. Close your eyes. The light of Apollo is about to enter this temple. His voice is now in my mouth. His voice speaks through my own. Hear then the judgment of Apollo, Eurybus, son of Diomedes, king of Thrace. I know well the legend, the legend of Hecate, that a Thracian king shall wed a wife who shall betray him with a Macedonian friend. The fruit of this adulterous union shall be a son who shall destroy first Thrace, then Macedon, and then all Greece, and finally the world. Eurybus, son of Diomedes, thou art that king. No, no. Do not speak, lest thou shalt be consumed by the light of Apollo, besides which the light of the sun is but a flickering candle. Thou art that kind. Thy wife Andromache is that adulterous queen. Thy companion Leonidas is that treacherous friend. Then it's true. The legend is true. I have been betrayed. Thou hast been betrayed. I will kill them. I will have justice. Lady Andromache. Good evening, my lord. And good evening to you, friend Leonidas. Uh, Good evening, my lord. Why has the music stopped? Play on. Play on. Surprised to see me? We were expecting you, my lord. Were you? Is this why you've hidden yourselves away in this remote village? We have not hidden ourselves. Of course not. You plan to practice your adultery in plain sight now, do you not? Adultery? Eurybus. We've been friends since boyhood. False friends. I swear to you, we are innocent. Musicians, play louder. Play faster. We shall have a new dance. A dance of death. Out swords. And let us begin. (laughs) 
Good morning, Mr. Simmons. May I come in? Do you mind if I sit down? Thank you. You didn't come to see me this morning, so I decided to come to see you. Is your room comfortable? It does seem bright and airy. I understand you didn't have your breakfast this morning. Shall we send you some coffee? Well, as usual, we're not getting anywhere. I'm here to help. If for some reason, any reason or no reason, you object to me, say so. We can arrange for another doctor. Shall we do that? Who pays you to do this? The state. In other words, my tax money. What do you soak them? I'm on a yearly retainer. Is that your only source of income? I also have a private practice. Well, what do you get there? Seventy-five, a hundred dollars an hour? My fee schedule is flexible. It's based on ability to pay. Why are you so concerned with money? No more than you are. I may talk about it, but you don't pass any of it by. You uh, probably write articles and books, too. Yes. But why are we talking about this? Because that's what makes the world go round. Money. Just money? Well, love, too. Why don't we talk about love? I have nothing to say about love anymore. Not now. Especially since I killed the woman I loved. And the man she was in love with. Why? Does it matter? Yes. To whom? They'll still be dead, won't they? Nothing can change that. So let's get on with it. Dispose of me. We would like to know why. We know why. I killed him in a fit of jealous rage. Did you? It's really very simple, even to a psychiatrist. A man discovers his wife is having an affair, and he can get angry enough to kill them both. Which I did. All right. We'll accept that for now. And perhaps as you think upon it longer, well, we'll see. <laughs> Do you know, Mr. Simmons... Since the first moment I saw you in the courtroom, I was taken by that tie clasp of yours. The gold work is simply beautiful. It represents two lovers. It must be very old. It goes back, I understand, six, seven, eight hundred years before Christ. It's supposed to be from Thrace. Ancient Thrace. <laughs> Here's that clasp again. And it has struck the fancy of two women. One was the priestess of Apollo, the other is a modern psychiatrist. These ladies are separated by almost 3,000 years in time, and yet they can be closer in more ways than most of us might think. I'll be back shortly with Act Two. as most historians will tell you, is a series of variations on a few very basic themes. Or as most of us would say, history repeats itself. Which is true. And that is because we repeat ourselves. To err is human, and so we keep making mistakes. And since human beings are basically the same, regardless of where or when they lived, the mistakes are also apt to be the same. The people who lived in Thrace 
or northern Greece many years ago were expert goldsmiths, I understand. I know. Thrace. My father's family came from there originally. This was many generations ago. Well, perhaps we have something in common. I have a Greek grandmother. Do you speak Greek? No. I did with her when she was alive, but she died when I was a child. Do you? No. A pity. Perhaps too much of us has been dissolved in the melting pot. But I remember my grandmother. A tall, dark-haired woman with commanding eyes. I could see her as an ancient priestess. Well, Mr. Simmons, it appears we have something in common. Yes, you're a psychiatrist and I'm a patient. Or better, you're working for the police and I'm a prisoner. I'm not working for the police. You're working for the government. No, not for the government either. But the government pays you. I like to think I'm working for the truth. If that's your fantasy, by all means, enjoy it. Why did you kill them? They betrayed me. Betrayed? That doesn't sound like your kind of word. It's what happened. Here you are, Harold Simmons, an unassuming accountant. Oh, you do quite well. But you're conservative and peaceful. You were never known for a strong temper or inclination to violence. Perhaps I was never sufficiently provoked. But a man whose wife cheats on him, contrary to popular misconception, does not resort to violence. Statistics prove that far more often he goes to the divorce court. What does this have to do with me? Well, to begin, most shootings in these affairs occur because the aggrieved party happens to have a gun, either on his person or handy in the house. You never had one. When I found out, I went out and bought one. Uh, but records show you bought the gun a month before you killed them. Yes. Why? Why did you wait so long before you used it? I had to learn how. You just don't point and pull the trigger. You should know how to load and aim. Use the thing properly. You killed them in cold blood. Yes. And I will not claim temporary insanity. Nor shall I in any way seek to evade whatever punishment the state sees fit to give me. Why did you kill them? I've already told you. Look, I'm... I'm very tired. I didn't sleep well last night. I should like to rest now, if you don't mind. I'll tell you what, Mr. Simmons. I'll stay away for a while. I think I'll wait until you ask to see me. Come in. Oh, Mr. Simmons. Won't you sit down? I asked to see you. I'll tell you why. You keep insisting that I had another reason for committing those murders. Yes. Would you say it's a strong reason? Yes. Tell me. I can't. Why? Are you afraid it's too technical or medical for me to understand? No. Then why? The truth is, I don't really know what the reason is myself. Does it bother you not to have the answers? Yes, it does. Tell me something else. This, uh, this gold clasp of mine. You had a certain sound in your voice when you talked about it. It was as if you really wanted to have it. Oh, well... I'll be truthful with you. If you'll be truthful with me. You want this clasp, don't you? Yes. Where did you get it? It was in a small antique shop. I remember it because that was the day I found out about Andrea and Leon. I remember. It was a small antique shop near the museum. 
I saw it in the window. And for some reason, I just felt I had to have it. Yes, sir. You, uh, you have an old gold pin in the window. It is uh, gold, isn't it? Pure gold. The workmanship is Thracian. Is it? Could very well be close to 3,000 years old. Here, let me show you. Take a close look at it. You can see how cleanly these two figures are carved. Notice how the hair swirls in a teeth. Uh, never mind all that. How much do you want for it? $4,500. I'll take it. You... You will what? You just made a sale. And you bought it. Yes. You say it was the day you found out about your wife and your friend. I arrived home. He was there. It was Saturday. And he always had dinner with us Saturday nights. I showed Andrea the clasp. Isn't this the most beautiful thing you've ever seen, Andy? Well, it's all right. How how much did you pay for it? $4,500. Dollars? Well, of course. For this? Yes. Are you mad? Well, I, I happen to think it's worth it. $4,500? How dare you spend that kind of money without consulting me? I, I didn't think of that. Well, what were you thinking? I don't know. Something just came over me. I felt I had to have it. <laughs> thinking about it now, of course, I, I should have discussed it with you first. All the Stupid, selfish. Look, I'll bring it back. I don't care what you do. Where are you going? Good night. Now, what did you want to do a stupid thing like that for, Harold? Leon, she didn't have to blow up about it. It happens to be a fair sum of money. I make a lot of money. And it isn't as if this thing was some piece of costume jewelry. It has investment value. Well, you got her all angry and excited. She got me all angry and excited. But it's all your fault. What? What do you mean, my fault? Whose side are you on, anyhow? To ask a question like that is to start to worry about the answer. Why? Originally, he was my friend. But after I got married, he seemed to have more in common with Andrea. They always had plenty to talk about. What does that prove? Nothing by itself. But then I started to ask, why was he always at our place for dinner Saturday nights? Shouldn't a single guy be out on dates? Was he interested in having a woman of his own? <laughs> Maybe he did have a woman of his own. My woman. Was there ever any proof? She'd never blown up at me like that before. Did she do it because the pressure was beginning to tell on her? And did she do it in front of him to let him know how little use she had for me? This is all supposition on your part. Everything begins as supposition. And then we begin to form it into fact. Yes, with evidence. I had evidence. I thought you said you didn't have any. I had no proof. But I had evidence. I began to remember things. For instance, I recalled how he'd reacted to Andrea the first time he met her. I wanted the girl I was going to marry to meet my best friend. We'd arranged to have a drink one afternoon. Hello, everybody. Andrea, this is Leon. Hello, Leon. Harold has told me so much about you. Well, he hasn't told me anything at all about you. Hey, that isn't true, Leon. You complained I wouldn't stop talking about her. Well, yes, you talked about her, but you didn't tell me anything. <laughs> what do you see in him, anyway, Andrea? Oh. He's very nice. Well, yes, he's nice enough, I suppose. But, look, I can tell you this. He's lucky he saw you first. You see, even at the beginning, 
The very start. But that's how friends talk to each other. A certain amount of joshing. That's what I thought it was, too. But there were other things. It's, it's hard to explain, but so obvious. In what way? Many times when we were together, it seemed that the conversation was usually just between the two of them. Why? I put in a pretty long and hard day at the office. And so most of the time, I would just want to sit back and relax. performance, and this one slept soundly through it all. I was wide awake. That isn't true. You even snored. I, I was tired. I just closed my eyes for a minute. But how can anyone possibly sleep when Rosinski conducts prom? Well, you know, Harold. Then and there, I saw the whole thing. How? It was the way he said, you know, Harold. What about it? As if it were a little secret they shared between them. You know, Harold. He's dull. Oh, you know Harold. He really isn't interested in art. You know Harold. He never has the faintest idea of what's going on. But so far, this is all in the mind. What you're saying is it's circumstantial. Of course it is. You never knew for a fact they were making love. How can you say that? They were making love all the time. The way they looked at each other and spoke to each other. The way they behaved. As if I didn't even exist. Very well. Let's accept, for the sake of argument, the fact that they were lovers. Why did you have to kill them? You're a civilized human being. Why not just get a divorce? I had to kill them. Why? Because I had to save the world. How? By killing his wife and her lover? Assuming that they were lovers, how would that save the world? And which world is he talking about? So far, you know as much about it as we do. Although some of the more perceptive people in the house may know more. We'll all catch up in Act Three shortly. a very old joke. The fellow says to a psychiatrist, you must go crazy sitting there all day listening to those weird stories people tell you. And the psychiatrist shrugs his shoulders and says, who listens? That isn't fair. Most psychiatrists listen. And some of them even get involved far more deeply than they ever dreamed they could. We have one in our story. So you killed them because you had to save the world? Yes. You don't believe it, Doctor? I believe that you believe it. What world were you trying to save? Your own quiet, well-ordered place? You don't understand. Oh, I think I do. It, it fits very well. What fits? It all comes together. A crime without passion. A murder in cold blood. The homicide committed by the accountant who examines his books perceives an error and proceeds to erase it. I understand it now. But you don't. There was no deception here. They didn't try to hide anything from you. How could they? Like 
Entries in a ledger, every act was in plain view. The tone of their voices, the look in their eyes. And therefore, you decided to simply void the transaction. That isn't true. No? No. I, uh... You bought a gun. You practiced firing it. And then, when you believed you were proficient enough in its use, you calmly and quietly ended their lives. No. You deny it? It's what happened. Well? Yes, it's what happened. But it's not why it happened. Why did it happen? If that's all there was to it, I would have let them live. What more could there have been? There was... There was the child. What child? When I was just going with Andrea, before we decided to get married... We spoke naturally. We, we spoke very frankly about many things. We were watching some children at play. Mm, adorable, aren't they, Harold? Yes. But, of course, we only see them at their cutest and their best. I suppose so. Oh, look at that young girl. She's hardly in her 20s, and she has two infants. That's the choice she makes. Of course. But it's not the one I'll make. Look at those lines in her face. She'll be old before her time. She'll miss out on the best years of her life. Maybe she doesn't think so. But I think so. I don't want children. Is that all right with you, Harold? Of course it's all right with me. There's so many things in this world I want to feel free to do. Darling, I, I understand perfectly. How do you feel? Well, parenthood isn't for everybody. Do we agree it isn't for us? Certainly. Well, darling, then it's settled. <laughs> So, at the outset, then, you decided not to have children. Yes. Was that how you truly felt, or did you agree just to please her? No, no, I was happy about it. I was never good with children. Some people just aren't, you know. They're, they're awkward, clumsy, don't know what to say or do. Then what about this child that you mentioned? We were sitting around the house one Sunday afternoon. We were watching television. It was one of those very uh, serious and earnest programs about children who were not getting the best out of life. You, you know the type. Oh, yes. You probably appeared on some. Anyhow, afterward, we were having coffee, Leon, Andrea, and I. And she said... <sighs> Funny, isn't it? So many people who shouldn't have children, can't raise children, have no feeling for children, have a whole house full while... Yes, while... Well, isn't it obvious, Leon? Well, there are those who can give a child every advantage, who are educated enough to raise them properly. So many of those people never have any. Well, you're one of those people, aren't you, Andrea? Yes. Why didn't you have a child? Why? Harold wouldn't hear of it. But what's this? We have a big house. We have a good income. Harold can throw away thousands on pieces of gold jewelry. We could well afford it. Hey, now, now, just a minute, Andrea. The reason we don't have children is because you don't want any. I don't want any. Well, that's what you told me. What did I tell you? We were... I remember we, we were sitting there in the park. <laughs> Listen to this, Leon. Uh, don't put me in the middle. No, no. You, you, you saw these children, these tots playing, and you said... I remember exactly what you said. We, we only see them at their uh, cutest and best. Look at that mother. She's just a girl, but see the lines in her face. She'll be old before her time. Miss out on her best years. 
I don't want children, Harold. That That's what you said. That's what I said? Yes, it's almost word for word. As I recall, you're the one who didn't want children. I remember you said parenthood isn't for everybody. Yeah, but only because... <laughs> you, you, you mean you want children? I've always wanted children. Hey, friends, this is turning into an argument. That's true. Lately, all we seem to do is argue. Lately, all we seem to do is rewrite history. I want to thank you for making this such a lovely afternoon for me, Harold. What did I do? The thing that you always do and do so well. Nothing. Where are you going? I have a headache. I didn't say anything, did I, Leon? Well, sometimes it's the way you don't say it. She's the one who didn't want to have kids. Okay, okay. Now, now what am I going to do? Well, if I were you, old friend... I would keep out of her way for a while. Maybe it would help if I went in and spoke with her. Don't you see, Doctor? She didn't want to have a child with me. All those objections she had to children were only because I was her husband. But with Leon, suddenly she seemed transfigured by the idea of motherhood. But is it possible that somehow you are rewriting history? Now listen... We were, we were sitting in the park Be honest with yourself. Was that the conversation that actually took place? Yes. All right. These things happen. People change. They can shift even what they consider to be their most deeply held conviction. I'm right. I know I'm right. Yes, but that doesn't change the basic facts. What, what basic facts? Two people fall in love. One falls out. Why? Who knows why? Who knows why people fall in love in the first place? Obviously, your wife fell in love with your best friend. Why didn't you let them get married and have children if they wanted to? I couldn't. And now, we arrive at the why. Tell me, why? I can't. There's a reason, isn't there? Yes. Can you try to explain it? It's easy enough to explain. The problem is it's impossible to believe. Try me. I... I don't even believe it myself. And yet it was the reason I killed them. And that reason is? To save the world. No, no, not, not my little world. Not my little universe. But the world. The world. This planet. How would their murder save the world? Uh, listen to me. Finally, we had a confrontation. We were driving home from the football game. It was a very casual conversation. You know, Harold, in our day, state never used to beat tech. Now we do it all the time. Please, Leon, don't talk to Harold while he's driving. How'd you like the game? Oh, I thought it was a bore, but I could never get interested in football. Well, then why do you come to the games? To keep you happy. Which, uh, which one of us do you want to keep happy, Andrea? Well, what does that mean? It means do you want a divorce? Hey, look, kid. Now, shut up, Leon. Well, Andrea, don't you know what to say? Uh, is it because you aren't really uh, sure of him yet? Hold on, Harold. Look, you wanted her from the first minute you saw her, Leon. Well? Anybody have anything to say now? <laughs> I don't know how far it's gone between you. But you can serve me, Andrea, or I can serve you. Get the papers, and that can be the end of it, or the beginning of it, depending on who's looking at it. Does anyone have anything to say? Why wasn't that the end of it? Because 
That night, I was asleep. And either I awoke or I was having a dream. I don't know where I was. It was some sort of enclosed stone space. And the voice said, Approach the shrine. I didn't know what shrine she meant. I... And she said, The legend is true. Your wife and your best friend will betray you. And the fruit of their union shall be a child who will destroy the world. Save the world. The voice of God speaks through me. Kill them. Save the world. All this was part of the dream? Yes. It was disjointed and confused. It's, it's, it's not as clear as I make it sound, but that was the message of the dream. And that is why you killed them. That's why I bought a gun, learned how to use it, then went to his apartment where they were staying. Who's at the door, Leo? Oh, Harold. Uh, w what are you doing here, Harold? I'm, uh, I'm sorry, Leon. Andrea? Leon, he has a gun. Harold, look, we, we, we parted friends. We had decided to be civilized. I'm doing this for civilization. I'm sorry. Oh, no! It's really... And you insist that's why you killed them. That's the truth. I don't think a jury will believe it. A jury will never hear it. I won't plead any defense. I told it to you because somehow I thought you would believe it. Why would I believe it? I don't have the faintest idea. Goodbye, Doctor. It's time I went back to my... my room. Yes. Goodbye. Will, uh... Will you take this? What? The Thracian clasp? Please. Oh, I, I couldn't. It's very valuable. It won't be of any use to me anymore. And you seem to love it. I'm sure you'll appreciate it. Take it. Oh, I... I couldn't. I'll just leave it here on your desk. Goodbye, Doctor. But... Oh. Well, further in the report on Harold Simmons, this morning the subject revealed to me a most fanciful story to account for the murders. It seems that he found himself in a dream in an ancient temple where the legend existed. Oh. What am I saying? How can I write that? I'd better take some time to think. Just think. Good morning, Mr. Simmons. Oh, come in, Doctor. I've come to say goodbye. Yes, I'm leaving for the city. My trial begins tomorrow. Good luck. I see you're wearing the class. Oh, yes. I wish I could feel guilty about taking it, but I'm so fond of it. Enjoy it. The story you told me. <laughs> Nobody would ever believe it. I believe it. You believe it? Yes. How can you believe it? I don't know. How can you believe it? I don't know either. 
It's just something inside me that says it happened that way. Yes. I can't understand it either. You mean there's something that a psychiatrist can't understand? Oh, we don't understand a great many things. It's just that we can explain why we don't understand them more clearly than the average person. You truly believe that by killing them, you saved the world. Yes. I believe it, too. I won't ask you to testify to that effect at my trial. I couldn't. If I did, they'd put me away, too. I should certainly think they would. And why not? Suppose you were sitting on the jury. But then, again, it's hard to tell. Maybe it's all in that little gold clasp. Maybe it has an hypnotic effect. Whatever it is, I'll be back with more in just a few minutes. try to ride two horses at the same time. One is the plodding steed of practicality, the other is the fiery stallion of our imagination. So we are constantly torn between reality and illusion. There is nothing more real than murder. But why are so few of them solved? Is it because certain acts are repeated unconsciously through the centuries for reasons and motivations that have long been forgotten? Remember, every time a brother murders a brother, it is Cain killing Abel all over again. Our cast included Marion Seldes, Michael Tolan, Bob Caliban, and Jennifer Harmon. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Forgive me, Your Majesty. It was clumsy of me. What time is it now? Seven o'clock. Is there something I should do at seven o'clock? I've been instructed to fetch you some food. It isn't necessary. Everything is over for me. When will I be taken away? I don't know, Your Majesty. Even you who are sent to guard me do not know. Why is it such a secret? I'm told there was a plot to try to rescue you. So they've placed thousands of soldiers in the streets to make sure it will not happen. I have not heard of such a plot. Oh, someone is coming in here. Marie Antoinette, are you ready? Ready? Now? We are waiting. The scaffold is prepared. This is E.G. Marshall, inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. (laughs) 